Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Pod's Own Country, the politics podcast from the Yorkshire Post. My name is Caitlin Doherty and I am your Westminster correspondent. This week's episode, we are coming to the end of the summer, so we are taking a look at what has been a bumper staycation season for tourism businesses across Yorkshire. We've spoken to businesses, we've spoken to politicians, we've spoken to industry figures, and you'll be able to hear some of their commentary in the bulk of today's episode. But before we get started, I just wanted to introduce the paper's new political editor, Chris Byrne, who is currently in his first week in the job. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very, very good. You had a really interesting splash story in the paper earlier this week. Uh, looking at the Tour de Yorkshire, which is obviously a very, very big deal for our region. Um, can you tell me a little bit what that was about and the, some of the problems that people have encountered? So um, the Tour de Yorkshire um, is the cycling race that's been taking place in in Yorkshire, as the name suggests, since 2015. Um, and it was basically um, one of the one of the big outcomes of the Tour de France coming to the region in 2015, in 2014 rather, was uh, Welcome to Yorkshire, the tourism agency for, for the region, um, setting up the Tour de Yorkshire as kind of a successor event. Um, and initially it got lots of sponsorship, quite a lot of interest. Um, so it was initially for a five-year period, the sponsorship deal. Um, and then the pandemic came along. So the 2020 and 2021 races have both been cancelled. Um, and now there's an attempt to bring the 2022 race back or the race back in 2022, effectively. Um, but what the story was about this week was uh, how that's going to work financially. So um, essentially, councils who are hosting various stages on the on the proposed route have been, they all have to pay I think it's about £100,000 each to, to host one of the stages, but they're all being asked to put their hands in the pockets again um, and put up to underwrite the event an extra £100,000 each um, that would cover... Um, it, say, say they don't get enough sponsorship, um, it would cover the, the lack of sponsorship to ensure the race could go ahead. And basically, of the... I think there's nine councils that have been asked for money and six so far have said yes. Um, and so they've got, in theory, the £600,000 there um, that, to, to host the race next year. Mm. I mean, this is quite closely related to what we've been looking in, into in depth this week. You know, how the tourism industry is going to recover from the pandemic, why visitors want to come back to Yorkshire, because, you know, tourism is a massive massive source of income for for the whole area it almost seems 
silly or you could understand why people might be a bit confused as to why the councils need to stump up this money in the first place. I mean, you know, we have the roads already. Why, why, why has this whole argument come come about in the first place? So there's a, there's a few things to pick up on there. So um, this is so the, the race itself costs around two million pounds a year to stage um, and it's paid for partly by council contributions and that's kind of like arranging stewards and closing off roads and things like that that need to be done and partly through sponsorship as well um, and the issue this year which is different from past years is that ASO which is the the French organization which organizes the Tour de France also organizes Tour de Yorkshire have essentially turned around and said to welcome to Yorkshire yes we will put on the event but we don't want any risk of taking any losses for it which is why the councils have been asked to stump up the money. And where the controversy and where the question marks lie on this issue is, although Welcome to Yorkshire say that the Tour de Yorkshire brought in almost £100 million in extra revenue to the region, um, I think in 2018 was the last time they looked at it, like did the financial report on it. Um, other people kind of say, well, at that time of year, sort of around the May bank holiday time, Yorkshire is very busy with tourism anyway and can you definitely prove that this race was the thing that brought that money in um and so that's kind of where the question is um and there's also the background to it which is welcome to Yorkshire under the management of James Mason who came in in January 2020 one of their big things one of his big pitches after the Gary Verity the previous chief executive was that Welcome to Yorkshire was going to be less reliant on public money. And what we're seeing again here um, is Welcome to Yorkshire again asking councils and by extension the taxpayer to step in. Um, so there's a lot going on. And, you know, you could say quite fairly that, well, the Tour de Yorkshire puts Yorkshire on a global stage and it's worth having. And if we don't do it next year, are we ever going to do it again? And I think those are all fair questions. But you can also see why there's been some eyebrows raised about about what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Interesting point there about the taxpayer being made to foot the bill. You know, councils, local authorities, central government even at the moment are having to keep a closer eye on the purse strings given all the money that's been spent over the last 18 months. This row, given that it's ultimately centred around money, given the context that we're in could it risk derailing the race altogether do you think or do you think it's certain to go ahead and it'll just it could how could it impact the race so at the moment um the three councils that haven't um yet agreed they haven't said they're not going to do it but they haven't yet agreed uh probably the three biggest well uh, uh three very big councils in leeds called a day on kirkley's if one or two or three of them said no then I think the race wouldn't, I would be surprised if it went ahead. However, I think you, you're almost getting to a stage now where you've got the weight of numbers behind it. You've got six councils have agreed to it. Um, and do you want to be the local authority that effectively pulls the plug on it? Um, you know, if, if I was to guess, I would say it's probably likely to go ahead. Hmm. Nobody wants to be the party pooper, especially when we've not exactly. had a party for two years. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly it. Brilliant. Thank you very much for your time, Chris.
and I'm sure we will be hearing from you again very soon. No problem, thank you. I am here with Alex Sobel, who is the MP for Leeds Northwest and is also the Shadow Minister for Tourism and Heritage. How are you, Alex? I'm, I'm really well enjoying the Leeds sunshine. Brilliant. Thank you very much for, for joining us today. I think the first question that you know we really need to ask is, this summer has been very different. It's obviously been a staycation summer. Uh, how how do you think that has been for the tourism industry as it as a whole? Has it been a net positive, or have people really struggled with the uh, amount of business? Really, I, th- I think it's been different. So what we've seen, and and really, it's it's a trend that started last summer because of COVID, is that we have a lot more domestic holidays because of the difficulties people are having traveling overseas, and conversely far fewer international visitors to the UK. And what that means is the places that people go on holiday to who are British are slightly different and in different numbers to where international visitors come. So in our region, places that have seen a net positive are places on the coast, places, you know, on the moors and the dales. And and I'm going tomorrow, actually, so I'll get a better picture. Um, But somewhere like York, which has a huge number of international visitors, obviously that has less visitors and the domestic visitor numbers don't fully replace that because, you know, that one, um, people go to different places and two, the numbers aren't aren't quite there. So what we have seen is, is places which traditionally have been good for domestic holidays are full or nearly full and it's very hard to rent a holiday cottage. It's some places very hard even to get a booking in a pub or a restaurant it's very hard to get on some activities in places that are fully booked, um, particularly kids' activities. And, and you know, and again, places, you know, like the three Yorkshire peaks are very busy. There's lots of people going up and down the peaks, which creates other issues such as litter or potential issues such as litter. So it, it, it creates a different dynamic and different set of issues. But there are lots of places that have done well. And what we have seen is that certain parts of the sector have expanded. So we've seen... Um, you know, and, and it's really helpful in the rural economy. For instance, if you're a farmhouse and you put yurts up on your land um, and, and those yurts are full, we've seen, you know, for instance, I've been around the country and I've seen zoos putting in overnight stays because people can't go on safari, but they can stay overnight in a zoo and wake up and see some zebras or some giraffes, you know, and, and, and people have been really innovative on these. And so I think there are lots of things for the future and lots of, um, been lots of learning and innovation whether it's a net benefit or not, we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Interesting point that you make there about, you know, the the domestic numbers not necessarily compensating all of the time for the for the loss of international travellers. I think a lot of people before this summer, a lot of industry experts and talking heads, had this summer down as you know it's going to be the springboard that the tourism economy needs to start its recovery from the pandemic after 18 months of being locked up is that not the case then a a place is still you know really really struggling there are sections of the tourism economy which are really struggling and they're probably things that people don't generally think about a huge amount so a really important part of the tourism economy is event tourism so people will think about things like festivals and festivals took a huge hit this year. You know, there was no Glastonbury. Thankfully, Leeds is going ahead. I'll be there 
on Saturday to see Stormzy. Um, but the lots of other, you know, business conferences, very few business conferences. That's taken a huge hit. You know, weddings are catching up. But again, you know, there's lots of issues around um, the number of people um, at the weddings and, and all of those sort of issues. There's lots of parts of the of the of the sector that's maybe slightly hidden from people's direct view, which which have been hugely hit by this. And there's a whole supply chain that's that's been really badly affected. I think the bit that's done that's done well is traditional tourism in the UK and the new areas. I think there's a lot more active tourism now. There's a lot more people climbing mountains. There's a lot more people, um, you know, on uh, in a kayak on a river. You, there's a lot more people um, um, going on cycling holidays. So that bit of the sector has helped, and I think, you know, and has helped the rural economy. And, um, and, and what we're seeing conversely is a problem now around um, shortages of workers in some areas. So, so, you know, and that's a different sort of issue the government has to resolve. Mm. The shortages of worker things, I think, is really, it's become quite apparent this week with, you know, the reports of McDonald's running out of milkshakes and Nando's running out of chicken, even though it's it's a different sector. Um, but I've spoken to people within the industry who say that that's been quite a big problem for them this year, whether it be as a result of COVID and the ping problem or whether it be as a result of um, European citizens who aren't necessarily in the UK to work anymore. Given that there are various issues, is a staycation economy as large as the one we've had this year sustainable? Can restaurants and cafes keep up that momentum? Especially when you consider things like for the customer, you know, a lot of people have been priced out of going on holiday this year because you know, the costs of accommodation just went through the roof as soon as it became clear that going abroad wasn't really going to be an option. Do do we need to return to sort of previous year's level of travel in order to keep this economy open? Or do you think the economy can catch up with this amount of demand? I, th- I think it's about reshaping the tourism economy. So one of the issues with tourism in the UK is it's highly seasonal. So the season really ends in October and doesn't start again till Easter. So if you work in the economy, what do you do between October and Easter? And one of the challenges that, that nobody's really answered traditionally, and I think one of the things that I'm certainly looking at is how do we keep towns, particularly coastal towns, and in places like Scarborough and Morecambe and Filey, how do we keep them and their, the people that live and work there in jobs over the winter so they're year-round economies? So you need to think about, so a good example of this is East Yorkshire is, has, and an, an, it's got some supply chain issues at the moment, to be honest, but it is the, it is the UK centre for caravan building and making. So very important for the tourism economy, right? Um, but in the winter, those, those factories could be ramping up production. There is a lot of demand. There are big backlogs actually demand for, um, you know, static mobile homes in particular, but also mobile caravans. They could be ramping up production. They could go into three shifts a day. They could work in, you know, if they can, if they can get the parts and the materials all year, all, all day round. And then in the summer, they can go to a sort of um, a, a sort of shorter production uh, timescale and then release those workers into the summer tourism economy on the coast. And that that would give a year round. That takes a little bit of government involvement, a little bit of regional involvement from the councils and a slightly different shape to the economy. But that's where we need to be looking at in the future, where we understand the needs of those communities where tourism is really important. But there is there are jobs in the winter 
which can be which can be scaled back in the summer to release people and people have year-round employment and that'll keep younger people in those communities where, where they've probably grown up and lived rather than the sort of what happens is a lot of people in Leeds you know have come here from the Yorkshire coast or from rural economies to find a year-round job because those year-round jobs don't exist where they've come from and actually I think three things have happened over Covid which have made which made um it difficult around around um, labour market issues. One actually is retirements. So a lot of people thought, well, this has happened. We're coming to the end of our working life. We'll use this as an opportunity to retire early. So it's taken those people out of the out of the labour market too. Is people returning from EU countries going going back and, and not coming back? And, and now there are no and the, and the you know what normally happens is people go back and then they're replaced, but they're not being replaced because the sort of jobs they have below the aren't in the in the you know in the skilled labor shortage list they're not earning enough to, to qualify they're all the barriers and to come here so they just don't bother um so so we're losing workers that way and three which is we're more or less over it is that is the so-called pandemic so people are being pinged but i think you know over the next year that third one won't be a factor so we'll see the real underlying um labor market issues and to resolve them and to and to help reshape our tourism economy and it is so important such an important economy you know, tourism and hospitality employ one in ten people in this country. The government do need to intervene. They do need to provide training. They do need to provide support, and they do need to um, intervene industrially to ensure there are year-round jobs. Mm. What about the tourism economy? That even though it's smaller, but we may get later in the year. Christmas is obviously another period of time where a lot of people, you know, maybe take a trip. They maybe go to a Christmas market. They make a weekend out of their shopping trip. Are the same issues that we have seen over, you know, the last eight to 10 weeks of summer, are they going to become clear again in November and December? And are we going to have sort of the, are we going to be entering the same cycle? I think in some areas we might be. So like Christmas markets mainly come from Germany. I mean, how, how simple will it be before they just, they just, you know, put all their stuff in a lorry, come here and that'd be that. Now they're going to, they need, you know, depending on how long they're here for, they might need work permits. Um, they might need they, they'll, they'll definitely need um, you know because they might go to more than one place this whole issue of what's called cabotage so you can only bring a lorry from point to point they might need to do they might need to do more than that so how do they how do they work around those rules there's a whole whole range basically of, um, of barriers for those sort of Christmas markets which we've become used to I, I go every year to the one um, in Millennium Square in in Leeds um, and and, and and what we might see is even if they do come, the prices have gone up um, because of the amount of additional bureaucracy that's involved. So again, I think those 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 are all things that, that the government possibly haven't thought through when they were when they were doing the um, deal. I think particularly there's particular issues we saw it with the touring musicians. So again, that's another bit of the tourism economy. Um, you know, you know, musicians going on tours and 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 and, and musicians from the EU coming here for festivals um, that wasn't thought through. In, in the deal with the EU. So we've got a whole whole range of issues, really, um, mm. around, around those. But the tr- more traditional things, um, you know, that, that happen, um, you know, like, like I was just on the Keithingworth Valley steam rail the other day, and they obviously have a Santa, a Santa train that's going ahead. You know, all of those sort of traditional activities, um, I think, will... And, and, but they generally, you know, that it is tourism, but that, that sort of short short range tourism people don't travel long distances by and large to go to those christmas events there are very few overnight stays involved in that the the the, the maybe some some meals in a restaurant or a pub but mm. it isn't it isn't the big earner for tourism like the summer holidays are 
Okay, that's that's interesting. Um, one final question for me might be a little bit of a big one, um, but looking ahead to next summer, what would you like the tourism industry to look like? Do you want it to look like this year? Do you want it to look like previous years? And what needs to change to get there for the benefit of both tourists and people going on their holidays and the businesses that sustain them while they're there? I think the two priorities need to be around affordability, actually, and about around environmental concerns. Um, one of the things, you know, and I did it when I was a kid, um, is, you know, used to go to Eurocamp in France, you know, and, and, and so, and actually, although it's difficult this year, I know people that have gone, it's probably cheaper to go to Eurocamp in France than to go on a, on a holiday in the UK in a in a holiday cottage i mean it is cheaper um and and that's something that we need to do something about we need to provide holiday options in the uk at all price levels um so everybody can access them because you can go on holiday 30 40 50 miles from your home and it still will feel very different and feel like being on holiday and so the travel costs will be reduced but all of the other costs are much higher so we need we need to try and level that out you know i'm not saying that we shouldn't have high-end holidays for people who can afford it absolutely should um, but we should have holidays at every every uh, level of affordability. And the other thing is is um, that if we if we just sort of go elastically back and, and exactly how it was pre-COVID, that's a lot of flights, that's a lot of carbon. If if um, people can um, you know utilise uh, other forms of transport to go on holiday, whether it's domestic or international, um, rail, car, etc., that's lower emissions. And, and again, if people, you know, you can, if, if people traditionally would go on, say, three foreign holidays a year, and, and, and these are people, obviously, with, with means, these are people, who, you know, people who are, who are doing quite well, they could replace one of those holidays, with domestic holiday, and they'll know how to do that now, because I'm sure they'll have been on at least three or four domestic holidays by now, because they haven't been able to go abroad. And that will, that will, that will create, in their personal carbon household, that will be, a, you know, that'll be a big reduction in carbon because they're taking one set of flights a year out of what they normally do. And that's that's not a, you know, and, and the UK has got a great domestic market, as we've seen. The other thing that I'd like to see is the government um, um, started a, a review of destination management organisations, organisations like Welcome to Yorkshire. They said that they'd published before the summer. It's not been published. I expect that to be published and also have financial support, because one of the things that we're missing and I've seen, I just, I, I went, funnily enough, I went to Ireland for a few days this summer because it was all, the easiest place to get to. And I went on a train and on a ferry um, and it, it was great. But in every small town in Ireland, there's a visitor information centre in every small town. How many tourism information centres have we still got in the UK? Not many. There's an argument you don't need them because of the internet. But I just don't think that's true. We need to have government support to have tourism information centres in the right places, whether that's in, in, um, railway stations, whether that's in the biggest attraction in the town that people would go to naturally, wherever it is, um, I think we need to have a big increase in those. And in some parts of the country, I was in Hay on Wye this summer, they've got a great tourist information centre. In other parts of the country, there is nothing. Um, and that's something the government really needs to sort out. So they need to sort out support for marketing, for organisations welcome to Yorkshire. We need to see reinvestment in tourism information centres. And we need we need that sort of infrastructure support for the tourism market in this country. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Thank you very much for joining me. There were some really interesting points there, especially about how 
you know, even as the the demand for domestic travel dies down as people can travel, um, you know, after they've been jabbed, you know, there might still be some other underlying issues that we could that we could see for for years to come. Thank you very much, Alex Sobel, for joining me. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you. I am here with James Mason, who um, is the boss of Welcome to Yorkshire. How are you, James? Yes, I'm fine, thank you. How are you today? Very, very good. Thank you for um, for joining us at the end of what I'm sure has been a very, very busy summer. Uh, the summer's not finished yet. We've got plenty that we can still eke out of it, but it has been a summer, but delighted to be here. I think, yeah, that sort of, say, you've got a lot still left to eke out. What has this summer been like? I can imagine from a tourism and industry perspective, it's been quite unlike anything that's been seen for a very long time. It certainly has, and I speak as both um, someone now entrenched in the tourism industry, but also as a tourist myself and as a holiday-goer. I'm a father of two. My wife and I have have looked at a number of different holiday possibilities over the last um, 16, 18 months, and we've chosen Yorkshire consistently. Yes, later in this summer, we did sneak down to Cornwall for a few days, but mainly we've either been to Settle or Filey, or Whitby, or the Yorkshire Dales, or the North York Moors National Parks, or we've had little day trips away, or weekends away in some of our vibrant cities and towns. But I think in many ways, despite COVID being a horrendous uh, episode in all of our lives, there is light at the end of the tunnel, certainly immediately ahead of us. We've just had the Ebor Festival, which was a wonderful celebration of large-scale events in the region. But also, I think we've all realised the beauty of Yorkshire on our doorstep, as a, as a domestic audience, but also people all across the UK have chosen Yorkshire as, as somewhere to come on their summer holidays. So hopefully they will choose Yorkshire again when international travel is back. Mm. I realise that it might be slightly early for this, but do you have any information, even if it's just anecdotal, on how many people have been here this year? You know, have the car parks been full of businesses seeing double the number of inquiries? Well, the, the metrics that we use and anyone would use to measure uh, success but also demand would be in a number of ways. From our point of view, we're not in control of um, who visits car parks, etc., or restaurants or hotels, but actually we do do surveys regularly with local authority partners, private sector partners, and undeniably we've seen a huge influx of people to the honeypot areas, as you'd expect, as I mentioned, the Yorkshire Dales, the coast, the North York Moors. Um, cities have been slower on the uptake, busier urban areas pre-COVID have been the last ones to recover for a number of reasons. A, because people haven't been back in city centres working, but people haven't perhaps wanted to necessarily come to city centres or, or large urban areas because of the reasons that we mentioned. Social distancing has been in place. People have wanted to be out in the outdoors and not necessarily cooped up in shopping centres or large busy restaurants. So in saying that, we have spoken with lots of our members who've seen huge, huge um, waiting lists or demand for overnight stays, three-day trips, long weekends, uh, weeks with holiday, weeks with families. So that tells you that 
the demand is there, but it also tells you that people are choosing Yorkshire as their holiday spot because we we look at where people are coming from. If it's our own website, we look at the demographic of where people are coming from. We ask them questions such as, how old are you? How are you getting here? Where are you coming from? Who are you coming with? And all this information is freely available if people are going to give you it. So, yes, we're seeing lots of people from Yorkshire moving in and around Yorkshire, but we're seeing people from the northwest, the northeast, from London, people from the southwest coming to Yorkshire for the first time. And they're typing into our browsers, etc. cetera, uh, best beaches or family beaches or dog-friendly hotels or campsites in Yorkshire. So we can pick up this. And it's not different to any other year, the questions or the subjective questions. It's just the frequency or the high volume of traffic that we're getting. Mm. You mentioned there um, waiting lists and, you know, people requesting weekend holidays, week breaks, even longer. Is there any, has there been any indication that there's almost been too much business for the economy to cope with? Uh, have there been too many requests and, uh, you know, have people ended up being squeezed out? Um, I think it's fair to say it's gone from famine to feast. Uh, certainly, you know, restrictions were in place where people couldn't go on holiday. And then all of a sudden, um, the green shoots of recovery started. You know, were international holidays going to be an option? Who was on the green list? Who was going to have to quarantine? So I think most people hedged their bets and just plumped for a domestic holiday in the UK. So then the next question after you decided that you were going to stay in the UK was where you were going to go. And some people decided on the likes of Scotland, Cornwall, Wales. But many people did choose to stay in Yorkshire. But many people outside of Yorkshire chose Yorkshire as their number one destination, hopefully because of a lot of the marketing that we've done, hopefully uh, uh, combined uh, with other local authorities who've put campaigns together, whether it's been, whether it's been promoting cities or, or, as I mentioned, coastal retreats or, or, or visits to the countryside. So, yes, unfortunately, this leads to um, over-demand uh, versus supply. And, of course, businesses are trying to make up for lost time. We, we advise them not to put their prices up but offer people, you know, a fair rate for a fair holiday. And all we can say in retrospect is that that's worked. Yes, you can't make up for lost time in terms of, you know, doubling down on, 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 on your profit, et cetera. But what you can do is in in taking the grants when the businesses were closed, you can now make the best of it. And businesses have done that. And basically, I would say they're preparing themselves for a long tail to the summer and then hopefully a really long summer next year. Let me give you an example. So if you were mm-hmm. going to choose Scarborough, Whitby or Filey as your summer holiday and you'd never been, so you're coming up from London, I think what businesses have been able to do is demonstrate that whether the weather is resplendent sunshine or whether it's inclement, there's always something to do in the coastal towns of Yorkshire. Um, there's always something mm-hmm. to do for any demographic, any age group and any income band. So I think... If you've come to uh, the coast this year, if you've come to anywhere in Yorkshire, you'll probably come again because the product's there. Uh, it's not perfect and there's work to do. Wonderful food, wonderful heart, arts, heritage, culture, sport, music when you're here, as well as the many visitor attractions. So there's plenty to do. And I think we've put ourselves in pole position uh, for you know a, a, a holiday at home next year as well. Mm-hmm. Is is there a balance to be to be struck next year? I mean, obviously, the pandemic recovery is going to be going on a lot longer than the end of September or this October or whenever we may take as the end of the holiday season. What can businesses take into next year? And, you know, you mentioned you were asking um, some of your businesses to not be overcharging people to sort of keep that market attractive. How can they keep that balance next year as part of you know staying viable and continuing on the road to pandemic recovery where where do you see this next year i think supply and demand will will force people to find the right balance for their price i mean what you don't want to come 
what you don't want to achieve is everyone coming to Yorkshire but not coming again because they either feel priced out or overcharged. So I think it will settle down and I think the rest of the country, etc., will probably level out as well in that respect. So I think the key here will be to demonstrate that Yorkshire is a, a viable option in terms of offering variety. Um, it's access, accessible in terms of road networks, rail networks, and of course we, we have a number of airports now. So I think the key is just making sure that everyone knows that Yorkshire exists. And I know that sounds a really silly phrase to say because you'd expect people to understand where Yorkshire is, but actually, what does Yorkshire have to offer um, the holidaymaker? We have a coastline. We have the cities for shopping uh, trips or spa weekends. Um, we have affordable holidays, uh, whether it's camping or whether it's uh, in, in low-budget accommodation, but we've also got the very finest of the five uh, five-star hotels, whether it's Grantley Hall or various other um, wonderful state of homes across the country. So I think the key is to market Yorkshire again. What I mean by that is Yorkshire hasn't gone anywhere, but we've been able to consume it predominantly through uh, vicarious means, through our computer screens or through our social media accounts. We've seen the wonderful inspirational images of of, of, of Benton Cliffs or, as I mentioned, you know, uh, anywhere across the Dales and you can choose any of them, whether it's been Grassington or watching all creatures great and small to inspire you to race around the Dales as if you see Creed Farnan or James Herriot. But we're saying we're back open and we're a safe place to come. And I think that's key. The, the, the optics has been to get the message out that Yorkshire is a safe place to come on holiday. We take COVID very seriously. Uh, we've got some of the most registered businesses with uh, Visit Britain's Good To Go campaign. Um, people clearly are adhering to um, social distancing in hotels and restaurants where possible. And I think that's been really key to see. So if people come to Yorkshire for their holidays, the businesses are taking it seriously, but also uh, the visitors themselves are taking it seriously as well. Mm. There are lots of locations around Yorkshire that people think of as those more classic holiday or trip destinations, you know, Whitby, Scarborough, York. Have you seen or are you expecting a knock-on impact in the other parts of the economy or businesses that aren't necessarily in those areas? So, for example, I don't know, are coffee shops in Halifax or Huddersfield getting less business because people are saving up their money and, you know, maybe spending it on five, five days in Whitby? Or has it been fairly level across the region from, from what you've seen? To be honest, I don't really know the answer to that question, but I can give you an insight into what we have seen in that there's been some of the perhaps uh, less or more surprising areas of the county that have done particularly well. Taking a trip to Selby and seeing Selby Abbey or going out towards East Yorkshire to go to uh, the Yorkshire World or to Sledmere House, um, having a day out in Hull and visiting the marina or, or the deep um, along the shoreline there. These are all places that have benefited because people have had more time to, I suppose, explore other areas because they've not been nipping down to London or Cornwall or, or jumping on a jet to flight abroad. So they've had their classic holiday, their week away with the family, but then they've also had those weekend trips. They've had those overnight stays. So we've seen lots of other areas of the county do particularly well. And that's twofold because we and they and others have marketed it. So regularly inundated with requests, whether it's from the Yorkshire Post or whether it's from the Sunday Times or Condé Nast or wherever, saying, can you give us a holiday option off the beaten track? You know, perhaps somewhere that we don't know about. We don't want to know. They do want to know about York and Harrogate, of course, and Scarborough. But can you tell us about these other parts of the country? And we've done that. Sorry, county. And we've done that and we've, we've, we've researched it. We've also reached out to all our members and asked them, you know, to give us some alternatives. So... 
Of course, you would expect uh, Firely, Scarborough, Whitby to be busy. What, what about Brunswick Bay further up? What about Flamborough Head? What about you know some of these other places further up and down the coast? Um, all very well known, but have people really chosen them for holidays before? Not necessarily, maybe so. So I think I think it's given people the option to um, go a bit further infield and outfield and go somewhere different because they've had the time to do it. And in some instances, they've been forced into it because other areas, the busier areas, the more common, well-known areas have been fully booked well in advance. So it's a case of, okay, begrudgingly, you may have chosen your second or third choice, but actually you may have had a wonderful time and you'll go mm. back there again. So that's a good thing. That's That's really, really interesting because I think, Anybody that's tried to book holiday in this country this year, one thing they found out is that if you weren't quick, you were right. Sometimes you were right at the back of the queue for the for the classic, more classic holiday destinations. Um, but sort of along the similar line, and I think this will probably be my last question, but it might be a little bit of a big one. Is this staycation economy the one that we've seen this year? Is it sustainable? We've you know we've talked we've talked about you know places putting their prices up sometimes and you know there are reports across the country not necessarily in Yorkshire of you know properties being snapped up and put on Airbnb and that's causing its own issues do you think this time next year we will have the same staycation economy and will that be ultimately beneficial to Yorkshire and the people that live here year-round well I think I think it would of course be beneficial if it's sustainable if we see the same levels of interest the same occupancy rates next year as we have this summer, then of course that will be beneficial because everyone benefits from bed and breakfast, hotels, campsites being busy. It's the transport firms, it's the complimentary services, restaurants, uh, bars and attractions. Is it sustainable? On one hand, of course, I think it's sustainable if we get the product right and we continue to develop that product. What I mean by that is, you know, the quality of accommodation has to be at a level whereby it's better than elsewhere for the consumer. If the level of accommodation, if the level of food, if they're, if they're offering in addition to the accommodation, i.e. the attractions, the number of attractions, the number of places to visit, to go to, um, can, 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 can back that up, then, of course, people will come back. We as a family um, probably will look at an international holiday in the next few years because it's something that we like to do as a, as, as a team. Uh, we like the sun on our backs, but we also like different cultures. Saying that... Ultimately, what we wanted this year is the children to be occupied and somewhere for mum and dad to enable switch off, etc. So the weather hasn't been the number one driver. It's been price and it's been availability. So as long as the price and availability going forward for domestic holidays in Yorkshire is there, I think the, the product certainly is there. We mentioned that. There's nowhere in the county you can't go and you're not far from a farm shop that serves wonderful food or a barista or a, a, a brand new brewery or something or attraction. They seem to be cropping up all across the county. So there's always something to do. I think it's how quickly the international international market comes back and at what price um, and how confident people feel in terms of travelling across Europe if their vaccination programme isn't as far down the line as it is with us. So it's it's all well and good. Uh, most of the UK have been vaccinated or double vaccinated this time next year. But if Spain, Greece, Italy, America, the Emirates, etc., aren't at that same stage, we can't control that. Um, in terms of future sustainability, I think there will always be a, a demand for international travel. There's nothing wrong with that. We've seen the trend over the last 20, 30 years. But I think there will be a growing demand, perhaps from certain um demographic certain market sectors for domestic holidays and hopefully Yorkshire will bask in the glory of that. James thank you very much for joining me I really really appreciate your time. My pleasure. 
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Podzone Country. If you have any topics you think we should be covering or any stories you think that we should be digging into, please get in touch with me over email on caitlin.doherty at jpress.co.uk. I'll speak to you next week.